Hi, I'm Kendra. I'm Olivia. Sorry, I was taking a drink. And Josh. And this is our music oddcast. Today we have a special guest coming back. Uh, we have Elizabeth Helms. Hi. A re-guest, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is, is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> like guest <Maybe>. starring. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to talk about David Bowie's Pool Demon. Yeah, a lot to do with him, actually. Just his interest in UFOs, witchcraft, magic in the occult, yeah, and even yeah. Nazism. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, Did you say Nazism? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't talk about it a lot, because I, I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit. I think... Yeah. Okay, we'll, good. We'll I'm get there. That, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. excited for the pool part, because like I can totally relate. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's I really like that story, too. And tonight we're drinking, actually, which we haven't done in a while, um, from Journeyman Distillery, their Old Country Goodness, which is a cider, and it has like a wonderful apple taste and Is that up in cinnamon? Michigan? Yeah. Okay, I think I've been there before. It's really cool. It's in yep. an old corset pin um, mm-hmm. and bullwhip factory. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I really think it's cool. like Featherbow or Featherbone or something like that. Yeah. Is that whiskey? That's one so of their main whiskeys, the Featherbone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. I bought I bought a lot of it. When and you got there. the scotch, right? Oh, uh, I like the bourbon. Okay, so as we navigate through the topics today, we're going to jump back and forth a lot in the timeline because, you know, we're shifting from topic to topic. From all this information, my takeaway is that he was constantly learning and evolving, much like his music and different personas. Sometimes he changes his opinions, learns more, backtracks, and even changes his mind. Sometimes the press likes to twist some of his opinions or comments, changes, and label him as fickle. I don't believe that at all. And I think that he was just trying to find his path and continue to learn and question his beliefs his whole life. So I just wanted to say that to start out with. Tight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So just a, a little tiny bit about his background. He was born David Robert Jones in 1947. He was known for his musical talent, but also for his interest. And as I said before, UFOs, witchcraft, time travel, magic in the occult. As a teen, he edited a flying saucer newsletter and even saw a UFO while driving in the English countryside with a friend in 1967. That definitely sounds like if I were in high school with David Bowie, like we would be friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like 100%. I think I would have. Like absolutely. Like just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Sounds right. I wonder though because when you see pictures of him when he's real young, he's real straight lace looking, but I don't know if he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like his like early singles even and stuff that he was very like pop. Idol. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Even had like the nice like parted haircut, um, combed down and ties. And I mean, you just described half yeah. the people I played D&D with, so I'm still <laughs> sticking to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Friends for life. Yeah. In 1968, he was in a relationship with Leslie Duncan, who provided backup vocals for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. She would take Bowie on weekly UFO spotting meditation evenings at her flat. And the other people that attended the meetings said that they did see UFOs frequently and they said that they always hoped to be taken away by one. That's badass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, same. Yeah, same (laughs) Z's. He was really fascinated by Roswell and believed that aliens did crash or land there. And that was claimed by his ex-wife, Angie Bowie. So, you know, kind of take it. The grain of salt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, all of Gen Z also agrees. So, I mean, they did try to storm Area 51. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. 
Did anybody get hurt no. in that? Okay, good. No. Didn't no. they turn it into like a music festival or something? Oh. <laughs> but my favorite thing that ever happened like in 2019 was 100% when the news reporter was out there being like, no, like thousands of people really did show up. And yeah. That is Naruto running <laughs> yes. behind him. Yeah. I didn't see like, that so that forever. They yeah, shoot him, of course. Like that lives rent-free in my brain yeah. all the time. <laughs> he developed his um, Ziggy Stardust persona and released album Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars in 72, which included songs Starman and Ziggy Stardust. In, 19, in a 1975 interview for Cream magazine, he told a reporter that he might have an implant or some sort of metal in his body. And... <laughs> That's like height of his paranoid phase, though, 275, yes. so yes, yeah. Yes. That's pretty early, though, for someone claiming about the implant. That's I know. Like an 80s or 90s thing where people are like, yeah, I've been probed and implanted. I yeah. feel like with, Maybe not. with most conspiracy theories, though, it goes in cycles. Mm-hmm. Like all the ones that are current are like very echoey of other ones. Yeah. That same year, he was overheard telling a ufologist that sometimes you would experience six or seven UFO sightings a night. And that was, you know, overheard by someone and the person was a reporter. So also take it with a grain of salt. He said that they would stay stationary for about a half hour and then shoot off. In 1976, he played an alien in the film, The Man Who Fell to Earth. He wrote the song Loving the Alien that was on his 1984 album Tonight. And by 1997, he claimed indifference on whether or not he believed that aliens existed. He even referred to himself as a traitor on the subject and said that his fascination was always about a spiritual search for himself. He also said that he could care less if there were life um, or if there was life on Mars. In a 1999 interview for Newsnight, he joked that the internet was alien intelligence. And I don't know if this is true. You might know this. Was there an internet service called Bowie.net for a while? Because I was reading some stuff that wasn't super credible that... Um, he was like a super early adopter of like when the World Wide Web started. Yeah. Like he had a website that was like a hub of like trying out all sorts of new stuff. Like he even had a bank at some point oh, that was like nice. like an online bank, like one of the first like ever. I did read about wow. the Bowie yeah. Bonds. Like before PayPal was a thing and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But they said that some people even had like Bowie.net um emails and that would be fucking awesome to have I think I don't know yeah yeah absolutely um shortly before his death one of his final projects was a musical with aliens and the element of science fiction hell yeah okay so this section you know we just talked about the UFOs it's more on the occult religions and probably going to butcher this but Kirlian Kirlian um photography he was interested or inspired by Aleister Crowley's writings or beliefs, which we talk about in our episode about Aleister Crowley. Which Liz was Early featured Queen. in also. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was the first time she came Yeah, um, to podcast. His song, Quicksand, was a nod to Raleigh, Raleigh Crowley with lyrics, I'm closer to the golden dawn. For the hunky-dory photo shoot, Bowie modeled a look similar to the Golden Dawn garb. And that's, you know, for people that are that haven't listened to the past episode, it's um, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. They were founded in 1888 and had a um, hierarchical structure. Leaders were guided by secret mysterious chiefs who were top of the evolutionary tree, superhumans. And you will notice that this is a reoccurring theme throughout the, the discussion. Can you tell us more about the Golden Dawn? Oh, um, well, I mean, I would just refer people back to that episode because yeah. we talked about him quite a bit back then. We did. Uh, it was a 
the magical order founded in, I think, primarily in England, like London area, although they might have like been over in France too. I can't remember now. It's like two two guys that came together, Mouth Malthus. I can't. Yeah, sorry, I don't Malthus and Mother. I don't think that's correct. That they were exploring various, yeah, Kabbalistic and other like Renaissance magical stuff. Yeah, and like merging it all together with like recently translated Egyptian things as well. He talked about his interest in the Kabbalah and Koraliism openly in interviews. His interest in Kabbalah, he drew the tree of life in the studio while recording Station to Station. That was also, you know, during his drug-fueled paranoid stage. He said, here we are, one magical movement from Kether to Malkuth. Malkuth is the 10th of the, I'm going to butcher this word, just telling you, um, Sephiroth. Do you know? Um, Sephiroth, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sephiroth in the, um, it's for the Kabbalah tree of life. Sits at the bottom of the tree. Kether is the topmost Sephiroth of the tree of life, meaning crown to the kingdom, royalty, kinship, and Hebrew. He also claimed that station station to station is very much concerned with Stations of the Cross, which is Catholic, Lutheran, Anglican, and Methodist. And that album was released in 1976, I don't think I mentioned. That also just makes me like think of like that Crass album, Stations of the Crass. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's a great fucking album, though. If you like Crass or Anarcho-Punk, highly recommend. On the Station to Station cover, draw- oh, um, cover Bowie's featured um, drawing a schematic of the Sephiro in chalk. And he's wearing a blue and silver striped shirt. His 2016 song, Lazarus... Um, from Black Star's final album was a tribute to I'm album. I'm, I'm Kendra's trying to get a fly. I'm trying to get the there's fly. a little, yeah. little fruit fly. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it away from my uh, cider whiskey. Oh gosh, yeah. What is trying to get? So, sure. but I'm going to be distracting people because I'm going full on Karate Kid with trying to get it with my fingers. So if you hear, do me mention if you catch noises. one because I oh I will I will be impressed. Yeah, I will be fucking ecstatic. You can catch it with chopsticks. Uh, we awesome. do have chopsticks. Challenge accepted, <laughs> but you guys might hear some weird clicking. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I will do this. <laughs> In the video for Lazarus, he is seen wearing a shroud while lying on a wooden bed with coins over his eyes, symbolizing crossing into the underworld. But he also wears an outfit very similar to the outfit on the cover of Station to Station. So it's kind of a, you know, like we said, a nod to that album. Um, back in 1967, he was interested in Buddhism and even considered becoming a monk. One of his teachers told him that he should follow music. And he... Good idea. Yeah. You know, I want to just go ahead and thank that teacher. Yes. Right. <laughs> who's not going to be listening to this podcast, but if they are for some reason, or if you know who the teacher is, that like they're like drunk one night and being like, oh, you know, back in the day, I told Bowie... Should not become a monk. He should be a musician. I, I, I don't know if I regret that decision or not. Like, no, thank you. Thank I couldn't you find his that. name online, but I found an interview where he says his name, and it's long, and I couldn't transcribe it, so I, I just left it out. That's fair. Yeah, yeah it's, like that's cool. I kind of like that it's anonymous, like, but like knowing that like there's it the was person. Aleister Crowley. <laughs> no, probably not. I like how like because like, the Buddhism returns for him like in the '90s as mm-hmm. well. And like, look, yes. the aliens popping up in like at least four distinct places of his, well, maybe five distinct places in his career. Yeah. That it like ties into what you're saying at the beginning, that he wasn't like totally shifting. It's just like he had like these specific interests and yeah. like one of them was dominant at specific times or interesting to him at a specific time. And I agree the other ones that. were still there in the background, just 
coming, yeah. out, coming out again later on. And I liked how you saw a lot of that with Black Star. It seemed like yeah. he kind of revisited a lot of those ideas. Yeah. His He did learn the importance of transcendence and change from Buddhism. His song, Seven Years in Tibet, was written after he had moved away from Buddhism, but he still much had much appreciation for what it had done for him. And he also wanted to bring awareness to the Tibetan struggles. And this was on his 1997 album, Earthling. The Kirlian... Or Kirlian photography developed, haha, by the Soviets. <laughs> um, <laughs> my own bad joke. Um, to measure the flow of animal magnetism in the human body, he used a Kirlian photo, photo of the field surrounding his fingertips taken in 1975 for the inside sleeve of um, his 1997 Earthling album. Did you look that up? Like, how does that work? Do you know? I don't. I don't know. Possibly. I should have looked more so into wait, it. One question, like, so you're saying that this photography, like, basically, like, photographs the energy fields on mm-hmm. humans or in the objects. Yeah, and, stuff and like I've that? I've seen that. Sounds dope. I'm gonna look yeah. at that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, but I also I just think everyone needs to know that in Olivia's notes she wrote the ha ha. <laughs> I know. I, I think that's the most adorable thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even catch that. Oh, I immediately yeah. looked, and I'm just like I'm very satisfied with life right now. So I appreciation for Olivia because that is fantastic. Script it out sometimes. I love right? it. Yes. I love it. I get nervous and I forget to say things sometimes. So no, I love it. I love that. Like the pun was there. Nailed it. I just yeah. Good job. Hundred percent. <laughs> okay, so this next part is probably my favorite. It's witchcraft demons and witches after his semen. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. In, <laughs> sorry, that's just fine. Saying? In 1975, Bowie moved to Los Angeles, a few miles from where the Tate murders happened. And possibly, I couldn't, there was a couple different stories. One saying that he, a friend owned the house um, owned by Gypsy Rose Lee, the burlesque dancer. But then some people said that this was the home owned by Gypsy Rose Lee. But I guess there was a hand carved or painted hexagram on the floor. He was very addicted to cocaine at the time and was extremely paranoid. He had dropped down to 80 pounds. He was living off of milk, peppers, and cocaine. He would stay up for seven to eight days at a time and kept the curtains drawn and um, relied on the light from black candles to light the house. Wow. Yeah. That's that's fucking... Taking it pretty far. That's a fucking dark period of your life, dude. Like, that is... Yeah. Milk and peppers? Like, that's... Yeah, I'm really I concerned. Yeah. I mean, like, I get the you. whole cocaine thing, but, like, <laughs> milk and peppers... It seems like it would cause a lot of indigestion. <laughs> yeah. But, like, well, I mean, like, I just assumed that it was, like, he's, like, eating peppers and then be like, oh, shit, that's hot, and then just drinking the milk. <laughs> oh, maybe. Like, I didn't think that, about that. Like, yeah. I, I, to be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. This whole period, I would really like to watch most Fascinating. of Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I know, like, in... Angie Bowie's biography of him, like one yeah. of the reasons he moves to LA is he was living in New York and he thought that like Jimmy Page had cursed his apartment or something <laughs> in New York. Maybe. So like the paranoia, yeah, which ties into all the Jimmy Page stuff too. Yeah. But like that, yeah, like the paranoia was what even sent him to LA into this situation in the first place. <laughs> I yeah. just had this like hilarious, okay, so like on the internet, like everybody can make fun of like how there's always drama and witch talk on TikTok or whatever. But it's like, is is like the fucking rock and roll scene the OG witch talk like drama? Like, are they like seriously like talking about cursing each other's apartments and shit? Because that's fucking funny. Maybe. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think about it, some really good music came out of musicians' fascination with like Crowley and the Occult. 
Oh yeah, no. I mean, like yeah, I, 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 I fucks with witchcraft, <laughs> yeah. like for real. But like, yeah, like yeah. it's just funny to think like Jimmy Page seems that like, like he's a nice like dude, that he's like super nice. yeah. These super successful musicians are like being spite. I don't know. It's just it's yeah. that mental image of it is pretty funny to me. It could happen. I mean, know? like it's probably the cocaine, but yeah. like it's also a funny thought. Yeah. yeah, he was. You know, he even admitted that he was possibly hallucinating at the time, and actually his older brother. Um, was schizophrenic and was institutionalized oh, yeah. and committed oh. suicide. Yeah. That's sad. I think his name is Terry. Yeah, very sad. So, I mean, there's probably always that worry in the back of his mind, too, that which, you know, causes more stress and anxiety over the situation. For sure. Over, like, maybe he might have mental illness. Well, maybe yeah, he and just, like, all the drama that went on at the end of, like, the, the Ziggy tours of, yeah. like, band members, like, demanding more money. That he right. had found out that people were withholding money from him and... There was We're even lying fight to him about like over how much like tours who you know. Um, I think it was the what what album was it? They were the label was fighting over like who actually had control of the album, and he wasn't even making a lot of money at the time because the the label was making money, and they would give him. He was like living off of advances, and yeah. yeah. It's so it's crazy. It's so criminal when you look at like how all these artists got fucked over so bad. Yeah, it's like bad. across the board. Yeah. Every artist we talk about from the sixties or seventies, it's like oh shit. Didn't have I mean, money like, it even happened like with like TLC and stuff I know. too. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. it's not like yeah. it's a that's gone away. I mean, it's yeah. not like the current go Spotify dominant system right now is any better for artists either. Right. No, no, true. That's true. But at least it's kind of clear cut what people are making back then it was like the artist just didn't have any idea they were like oh yeah. I signed this and right. they told me it was for a sandwich and now I lost the rights for my songs yeah and his band was actually on tour with him while they were trying to sue him and part of it had to do with um, <laughs> so this live recording <laughs> yeah. that was made One, that they weren't made aware of they just kind of realized that it was happening and they weren't getting any extra money for it and they were you know kind of I mean understandably pissed off about it Wait, so, what, was, like, what was the other band that had drama like that like that they were all like suing each other while on tour oh gosh oh, I don't know about like, on that tour was, we, we did yeah. an episode and then we talked know, about that like it was a while ago I'm immediately thinking about like Morrissey of course and his relationship with the other Smiths so I'm glad yeah. like Morrissey ended up doing like these really hateful awful like spoken word pieces yeah. about how much he hated the rest of the Smiths I'm glad that from Bowie we got like the song Ashes to yeah. Ashes which is like beautiful like one of my favorite Bowie songs it is of him like just like yeah coming to terms with who he used to be and like being ready to move on yeah. Versus, yeah, just word vomit of how much you hate other people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there could be a volume of books written about the character differences between Bowie yeah. and Morrissey, though. Yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> I don't need another project, Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just sometime, I'll bring it up again, and you have to say challenge accepted, because I would love to read that. <laughs> So he was wearing a crucifix as a talisman of protection at the time, and he believed that witches were after a semen so they could be impregnated on the witch's Sabbath to either birth the Antichrist or sacrifice the baby to Satan. He was really interested in warlock Israel Regardi at the time. He even called his wife, Angela, who was living in London, to tell her that he was being held against his will by said semen-seeking witches. Um, he was worried about his nail clippings, his hair, blood. That's a great band name. I'm sorry. <laughs> semen-seeking witches? Yeah. That's so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Someone use is. it, please. 
it's interesting like how old school that is because that's like a renaissance idea yeah. idea of witchcraft that like Margaret Murray brought back in like the 1920s and 30s and like was hugely influenced anthropology for a minute but that like Bowie picked on like those yeah. stories from the witch trials rather than any like like any actual witchcraft yeah. practice like we're like like yeah I, I can't speak for all witches obviously but like the majority don't believe in satan like you yeah know what I mean? yeah so. but like yeah like the renaissance idea of witchcraft and like what anthropologists would have lead up until like really recently it was yeah like that it was yeah. based upon worship of satan yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he kept his urine in the fridge, oh, I guess. Who doesn't? <laughs> in glass bottles, um, which seems like they would be able to get that more easily than if it went say, down the toilet. Like, I didn't understand I that. I don't, like, if you're really paranoid about somebody wanting to hex you, empty out your hairbrush and your yeah. nail clippings and all that he stuff. He burned his hair from brushes. You don't even have to be that dramatic. Like, mm-hmm. just fucking flush it down the toilet. Like, yeah. are they, like they're not going to, like... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to well, go through the plumbing and wade through his shit to get some underwear. good urine samples. No, Middle no earth. one's going to do that. It sounds like he had issues with the toilet, too, though. So he wasn't flushing anything. It yeah, like, yeah, that's true. It's fair. It's fair. He also became convinced that the Can you devil- imagine going, sorry, can you imagine going to a party at Bowie's house? Like, oh, yeah, we're going to go do lots of coke. Oh, man, I'm going to grab this beer and it's fucking piss. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. I mean... We've probably all been to like parties up. I mean, I've houses, been to a party where, where that happened yeah. in the forties. Like, yeah, I ended up moving into that house later, and like, I'm like, forever will remember the bedroom that got converted from a kitchen to a bedroom. And like, my friend drank a forty of piss in this fucking room. At a party once. Did they down it or did they oh, just no, take they a sip? They definitely step? spit it out. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's was, that's I great. Thought, man, I thought they like finished it. Oh, yeah, no. Nope. So they could like, tell they took right a away. Giant swig, and then they were like. <laughs> Like immediately. That's a nice reminder to appreciate your 30s. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Okay, he became convinced that the devil possessed his house after he saw the devil rising out of his pool and insisted on an exorcism. The house was full of Egyptian and occult objects, and he would draw pentagrams all over the walls and on large pieces of paper that he hung everywhere. The Bowies contacted white witch Wally Elmlark. I think that's a really cool name. That Wally is a Umlark. great name. Yeah. He was too paranoid to let people into the house, so he expl- she explained to him how to rid the home of the demon and restore balance. They scattered herbs around the home and read passages from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Odd thing, during the ritual, there was a thunder and lightning storm outside of their balcony window, but the sun was shining outside of every other window in the house. Pretty strange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot about LA weather, but that does seem weird. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be weird for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. They had gathered all the books and talisman that um, Wally had advised them to buy. He carried out the exorcism himself, and the couple kept hearing strange noises like a loud vacuum cleaner, which is funny. Because you don't think of that as like a scary noise, like somebody cleaning but, oh, you know, maybe it was scary when they heard it. Yeah. Um, the pool first began to bubble. Then it became more vigorous before the water was thrashing around. Wow. It took him 15 minutes to complete the exorcism, um, but the water went back to normal, except for a large, dark shadow stain that was left at the bottom of the pool in the shape of the beast. And other tenants of the home claim that they haven't been able to remove the stain even after it's been painted over several times. Wow. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. And all that comes from Angie Bowie, too, yeah. like her biography of him. Yeah. That's crazy. 
And her biography is called Backstage Pass. Yeah, I used that for research. And then um, also biographies by Mark Spitz, David Buckley, and Timothy, Timothy Green Beckley. And that's where I got a, little, a lot of the information about Wally Elmlark. The Bowies first met White Witch Wally Elmlark in London. Um, she was working on a spoken word album with Robert Fripp from King Crimson. She was pale with black hair and green streaks. And I mean, this was you know probably before a lot of people looked like that. At least I, I would assume. hot. Yeah. <laughs> She taught, I thought this was, this is my favorite part. She taught classes at the New York School of Occult Arts and Sciences, which um, held lectures and workshops, um, workshops on UFOs, tarot cards, witchcraft, prophecy, astral projection, lessons on how to Ouija safely, and seances were held every Saturday. So it's kind of like an adult everything. Hogwarts. Yeah. 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 That sounds awesome. I want to go. I know. Yeah. <laughs> And that was actually founded by Timothy Green um, Beckley. He or she was also a music journalist for the Wally for Circus and Melody Maker magazines. She was described as beautiful, charismatic, captivating. She seemed to instinctively know which way rock and roll was headed, almost like she had a window into the future. She did psychic readings, spells, and would off offer you know homemade specific colored candles as good luck charms to musicians i think i'm in love so like if you mm-hmm. think i'm gonna yeah. write down this name so i can google pictures of her later yeah because <laughs> i think because <laughs> i like i'm already like oh my gosh if i met her tomorrow i'd be like marry me yeah, yeah. <laughs> she seemed really cool she worked with mark bullen um t-rex and believed that he was the reincarnated soul of Merlin the Magician. She worked with um, Frankie Valli, Bowie, of course, Jerry Garcia, and, you know, mentioned before, Robert Fripp. She was the White Witch of New York. She was Wiccan and a selfless practitioner and healer. She sadly died of by suicide. Oh, yeah, when I mean, she was, was still pretty ask young. If she was still alive, but no. that answers that question. Yeah. Yeah, she sounds badass, though. I know. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the Nazi part of the story, I wanted to also mention, I didn't really know where to fit this part, but he mentions the novel The Coming Race by 19th century author Edward Bulwer-Lytton, which I'm going to give you his full title because it's hilarious. It's Edward George Earl Lytton Bulwer-Lytton, first Baron Lytton, P.C., how many Littons were in there? I know. I think it's just lots. one in between everything. I yeah. feel like there was four. I could be yeah. wrong. That is, yeah. like, that's their full There's name. Like three. Yeah. That's like, that's like when you're, like, exaggerating your name and you're, like, talking shit with your friends. Like, I had a friend who's like, I'm a Harvey motherfucking Trout. See, like... <laughs> CEO, but I'm bum bitch, you're fired, bitch. Like, and it was like bitch in between everything. I feel like they did that with like Linton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Which was bitch in the time. I was like Dance Dance Revolution, three times champion. I'm trying to remember. It was like the longest name, the longest name. I used yeah. to have like half of it memorized. Having a long hyphenated first name does, does make me feel sorry for him because they know that every single computer service and email is like going to mess that up. Oh, and yeah. It's never going to be printed right on any of his IDs. Yeah. And just yeah. think trying to put that on a book, you know, right. like the whole bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Page one. <laughs> name. So, yeah, The Coming Race, um, his book was referenced in song Oh You Pretty Things on 1971 album Hunky Dory. Linton believed in the existence of the existence of Vril, 
which was a concentration of power in the human body. He believed that if you gained control of your virile, you would have superhuman powers. And he was, um, Bulwer Linton was also a politician, Whig member of parliament from 1831 to 1841. On to the part about the Nazis. And, and I don't think it was commonly known because it seems like everything that I read, it, a lot of this came up in a 1993 interview where he mentioned his fascination with his prior fascination with Nazis in an interview with Tony Parsons. He talked about how his fascination with Nazis and mysticism grew out of control when he was, you know, in his drug-fueled paranoid days. He was mostly interested in Goebbels, which doesn't make it sound better, um, but he, he called him an extraordinary guy, and he even referred to Hitler as a rock star in interviews. Ew. But some of that yeah. was kind of implied that it was, you know, sort of a tongue-in-cheek support of Hitler and fascism. Um, yeah, that's just not a good look. Yeah, and no. that was also in Playboy. So, I mean... Yeah, but even still, like, I'm glad no. that that's not a fucking trend anymore. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I just, right. I, like, I get, like, I get being, like, shocking. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I know that he was, like, a shock rock kind of guy. Like, he, or not shock rock, but kind of. I mean, he'd do, like, really yeah. crazy shit. But, like... It's... Like, he said himself that what drew him to the subject was their search for the Holy Grail in England. And he said that he was drawn to the Arthurian need, the search for a mythological link with God. And there's a lot of people that have kind of gone down that route. Even, I thought this was funny, Nicolas Cage. Well, I, I, <laughs> Nazis were into all kinds of crazy shit. Like, yeah. the weird projects that they were doing. Like And like, yeah, I can't deny that, but like... Well, yeah, and even like someone like... Even like our contemporary ideas about race, like go back to like occult theories of yeah. history and like the idea of Atlantis or like mm-hmm. secret mass Aryan masters living in Tibet up in the mountains and like all yeah. sorts of stuff like that, like from the occult led over to Nazism and like mm-hmm. continue to associate those things together for a long time. Yeah. In a 1975 interview with NME, he said that rock and roll was dead and in need of a new dictator. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this could have been taken out of context, which you see so much in the press. What year was that? That was in 1975. Okay. I thought you said 79. I was like, wow, okay. No, because that's like sober, Bowie. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Even though he, you know, was talking about this and this period of his life in 93, it happened while he was living in LA and, you know, we already talked about all that. And he, it was soon after the Tate and LaBianca murders and he was kind of fascinated with Charles Manson as well. And he, you know, was really interested in um, Nazi symbols and the occult roots in Nazism. Some like to say that his 1976 thin white Duke persona was modeled off of the Aryan idea of um, the Übermensch. And I'm trying to say that the best way I can. It's a German word. Übermensch? Yeah. I I never took German. Yeah. I'm trying. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it seemed like Ubermatch. Huh. Definitely probably saying that wrong. It was the idea the idea of the ideal superior man of the future, which, you know, like we said, we had other interest in that as well. And this person, you know, this idea of a person could rise above the conventional Christian morality to create and impose his own values. Described by Nietzsche in Thus Spake Zatharustra. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm probably butchering that as well. Thus Spake Zarathustra. But yeah, once again, the idea of 
like a Superman. On his 1976 album, Station to Station, he sings, I'm ready to shape the scheme of things, um, which is all, you know, also kind of referred to as the Uba Mantra ideas and a reference to the 1,000 year Nazi empire on golden years when he says, I'll stick with you, baby, for a thousand years. Nothing's going to touch you in these golden years, which I don't, I don't buy that. Do you buy that one that that's talking about Nazism um, and the idea of the 1,000 year Nazi I don't empire? Because didn't Bowie also clip stuff out of newspapers and just piece it together for lyrics at times? Pretty Sometimes. sure you've gotten a lot of lyrics where you just cut random stuff out of like newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. Magazines. Occasionally for like inspiration. I'm not saying he did that for that line, but yeah, it's kind of like he doesn't seem like he's taking the lyrics that seriously. Yeah. Like at times. It's like, because he always works with like so many layers. And like part of doing that was to like accidentally invent new layers to things yeah. that he wouldn't yeah. even thought of. Like Golden Years is, of course, can both mean like the fondest period of your life. Yeah. Or like, you know, like old age, but also like in occult stuff, Golden Years would be like, the golden time period of like Atlantis. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever cycle, everything just was like perfect. So I could see that, but yeah. it feels like a stretch given like. I know. Yeah. That, I just kind of see the rest like of this song. a little bit. I know. You know, kind of end on a high note. In the 80s and 90s, Bowie publicly talked about his anti racist views and in interviews, and he also criticized MTV for not providing enough coverage of black musicians. His videos for China Girl and Let's Dance um, made a direct statement about racism, and his album Tin Machine took a stance against neo-Nazism and fascism. Okay, that makes yeah. me feel better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like getting ready to be like, mm. I know, I, I hated like, to yeah, mention. My soul was like, mm. I know. Like if it, could, it would sound like my dog when she's like getting moved. And she doesn't want to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, that's what my soul was doing. But now I feel a little bit better. Yeah. He's a little bit old for like the usual punk rock excuse too. So like the Sex Pistols played around with like a lot of Nazi imagery yeah. too and like other punk bands They're in like kids, 77. Yeah. yeah. Like part of their point was like our parents hate, hate this stuff. Mm-hmm. They won't really teach us about it in school though. So like we're just going to use it to shock people. And they didn't even necessarily know the full history other than like the war was terrible and your yeah. like your grandparents barely made it out alive. And I feel like Johnny Rotten's gotten into some shit lately. I can't remember what he said. Oh, really? Like, oh, vote, like he, politically or something. He said to vote for, like he would vote for Trump. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I read yeah. like, now there's like a whole like, thing oh, of everybody just being like, yeah, just because you're around in the beginning doesn't mean that you're still punk, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, and, you know, like it seems like he always has tried to kind of Go against, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and maybe like in an obnoxious way. Yeah, it's like there's <laughs> a difference between like being interesting and just being a dick, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He also like plays a paranoia too, because like mm-hmm. I know, like by at least at the end of the '90s, he had this whole spiel about how he was afraid to go back to England because like someone might assassinate him. Oh, and oh geez, that oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I don't think the royal family was holding a grudge against him. And no. particularly, he wasn't going to get invited to dinner either. But. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I was reluctant to mention that, but I thought it was important, you know, when well, talking about he, like, all of the yeah, different... like actively was talking about issues that are still being struggled with yeah. today. So Yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. That and just to kind of show like how he evolved as a person and what yeah. he was interested in, his beliefs. and Well, it seems like he's like really like 
he really definitely took time to like look into a lot of different shit. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and just was interested in weird if somebody stuff. like doesn't ever explore outside of what they're comfortable with. So I agree. No shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like good that there's a quote in there somewhere, but I'd always thought of like the pool thing is like him basically creating a ritual to like help himself heal. Like yeah. he was, he was blocked. He was stuck. He couldn't go on living the way that he was living. And like part of that ritual was him like cleansing himself. Like it was more about him than the pool or whatever yeah. he imagined going on in the house at the time. But pool demons. Yeah. yeah. Like I, demons. I think I mean, that sounds legit. I don't know. Like I love scary movies and I like, I'm just like waiting for the one like that happened not too far from here. Like in Gary, Indiana. Oh yeah. The haunting of Latoya Amon's. Yeah, I, yeah, we, we mentioned it. I don't. Yeah, I want. I just want that. It. But yeah, the hell mouth or whatever, or like the the portal to hell. <laughs> yeah, in Gary, Indiana. The crazy the thing about be. that time yeah. too, I think he had five albums in. Was it three years around that time? Oh yeah, like, and he was what? like touring constantly and writing and recording, and you know his lifestyle and diet, lack of nutrition. Yeah. He just had a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. anyone eating peppers and milk. I know, don't do for it. For substance, yeah. like if you are if you are considering the peppered milk diet with gratuitous amounts of cocaine, yeah. don't. don't do it. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> it was sad too because I was reading that he thought that he couldn't be as creative without the cocaine. So that was part of the reason that he abused it for so long because he was, you know, doing so well for a while on it that he thought that if he stopped, he, you know, it wouldn't. That sounds like... Super sad. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the thoughts that somebody would have, like, when coming down, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess... Oh, and, yeah. like, cocaine yeah, is really for addictive sure. for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Like, even if dabble casually, like, you're like, oh, I get it. That makes when he finally broke out of it and he's collaborating with Brian Eno, like that makes so much more sense. Like Brian yeah. Eno would be the exact right person to have on hand when you're worried about your creativity. Cause he'd be like, no, that was, let's, we're going to run with that yeah. constantly. Yeah. Seems like to getting out of his first marriage was a good thing for him. I think that she sounds like an interesting person and she, you know, kind of helped shape him in the beginning, but yeah. Or at least, like, she says she did. Um, but she was, like, super involved in, like, makeup and costumes, mm-hmm. like, convincing the rest of the, the band, like, to go along with it. In addition to the, I think, the bassist wife as well. Yeah. Was, like, super involved in that stuff. That's dope because like, iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, the way that they talk about each other is definitely a he said, she said kind yeah. of thing. And, like, it got ugly. Yeah. Really ugly. Like that. Yeah. Like, I know that. Duncan Jones doesn't talk to her. Doesn't. And like, David raised him. His name was Zoe Bowie. Yeah. He was born Zoe, Zoe Bowie, Bowie, but nice. then, you know, yeah. he changed his name to Duncan. Duncan Jones. And he is a uh, director. Wow. He's director these days. Um, did you guys, what was the Moon movie with Sam? His, yeah, Moon. Moon, Moon was, was wonderful. Yeah, amazing. Oh, I, even liked, yeah. I even liked his um, Warcraft Rockwell. movie. What was it? He did, he did Warcraft. Oh. oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was good. Oh. I thought it was really good. And probably something else awesome after. Funny. Yeah. Still thinking about pool demons. Right. I I heard on another podcast about a company that you can, if you feel like a certain part of your house might have like a demon or it's like oppressive, you can send a photo to this company and they'll tell you whether or not it is. 
you know, also, there is a okay. possession. Yeah. Like just to put <laughs> this out there, yeah. like there are like people in every big city and in most states that do go to haunted places and help with that. Um, oh yeah. There's like, it's like a club's, like, um, I'm not to say who, but, like, I have some people I know that, like, are involved with that. And yeah. uh, people that tend to be more sensitive, they're able to kind of pinpoint if it's a good energy or a bad energy. Like, if it's a good one, like, it doesn't have to go, whatever. Yeah. But there's some dark shit out there. So, yeah, it's, like, there's a... I think Fort Wayne has like a ghost hunters club and Probably. it's like, and it's not just like the haunted tours things. Like they have yeah. like the cameras and all the stuff for it. Like one of my coworkers, ex-husband was part of that group and mm-hmm. he spent a ton of money on like really expensive equipment yeah. to, you know, for these, these investigations. That yeah. Would so go if on. you, if you feel like you have a pool demon, yeah, <laughs> there is people that can help. There is people. We'd that have to get help. a pool first. You know, you, you wonder too how much of that was like manifested by like his thoughts at the time. Well, also if, if he's like doing rituals, real the people with can do nothing that. but like candles and like drawing pentagrams everywhere. And I mean, even the or, like, pentacles, occult or, like, objects that were around his house and the Egyptian objects. Yeah, sometimes that I stuff mean, can like, be like cursed like, or haunted. Like if you're like fucked up, like you could have just done something accidentally. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're like on a coke binge, like he was. Yeah. And like barely existing on food and substance. Yeah. like And possibly yeah. hallucinating. Yeah, and hallucinating. And you're like in a house full of magical objects and like only seen by candlelight like yeah, yeah like where some it's just shit could probably happen you like, don't allow visitors and it's just you and a wife that like you don't even like yeah, she talk was barely to like relate there. to it all yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah like yeah in the version that i read that said that that was gypsy rose lee's old house they said that he was really bothered by the hexagram when he saw it mm-hmm. on the and that could have you know kind of started the whole idea but then you know i don't know that that's true it could have well, not like, been her house and that symbol in itself too it's like you know, when the star is right side up and it has a circle around it, it's a pentacle and it's a good thing. You know what I mean? And then like the pentagram, I don't, I don't know if it is circled or not, but it's upside down. And okay. so it's like completely different symbols. So a lot of times like, or even like Dutch hexes mm-hmm. too, like that's like supposed to ward off evil, um, which is like the same symbol as like the pentacle. Yeah. So upside like, down cross. Is always bad in horror movies. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's all fair. I know. I don't know yeah. if that's good. That's fair. But it's like it's just kind of funny because like with that symbol, like so many people have like assumptions or yeah. preconceived notions of what it is, but like it's actually like something for protection instead yeah. of like yeah. summoning Satan or right. you know like whatever. Like it's it's kind of like the opposite. So which makes sense of why he was putting them all over his house because yeah. it is a symbol of protection. Studies in some cultures, whatever. But yeah, not in yeah. all of them. Whatever. Not trying, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm an expert. No. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I, will never, I will never know enough. <laughs> so who would be the lizard person in this story? Because um, I don't landlord. think he was. Oh, the landlord <laughs> <laughs> could be. That, like sold them, sold them the house? Yeah. Huh. I don't think Angela Bowie is the lizard person. I definitely don't think David Bowie was the lizard person. No. Oh, yeah. Huh. He's too woke. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe there could be like some sketchy like bandmate or people something. that were hanging you know around. I mean, like if you're right. like touring and doing so Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson was the lizard person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, son of a Maybe one of the semen seeking witches <laughs> yeah, was you know, the lizard. Per- maybe they were all lizard people. This would have been right around the time that he's collaborating with collaborating with John Lennon. Is John oh, yeah. Lennon a lizard person? Because like <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> That would explain a lot of the Beatles conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot. Because the second Paul definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> Paul 3's putting out an album, and it's called Paul 3, isn't it? Or McCartney 3. Excellent. That's by, I did read about McCartney the, the new album. He's putting out, yeah. That's funny. I think it's going to be on Third Man Records, and I'm actually wearing a Third Man Records sweatshirt right yes. now. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yawned. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. So what are you guys into these days? Anything interesting? Been reading a lot of really cheesy webtoons on the webtoon app. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, it's satisfying for me. I, I have no shame. Um, we have no judgment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been listening to... I just listened to the Sandman for, like on Audible. Uh, oh, how is it? Oh, it's audio fun. Foreign. Okay. It's fun. Like, it's definitely different from the comics, but it was, it's a fun listen. Like, and it's got like a full cast. So that's, that's very enjoyable. I like it when they do that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know how I, was, I felt about like listening to a full cast performance of a comic book, but um, Neil Gaiman like narrates it and kind of sets the scene for everything. So it's, it oh, helps. Cool. It definitely helps. Yeah. Sometimes they get like- a person that's really good with like all the different voices and then sometimes. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. So I do kind of like the idea of like a full cast. Like the guy from um, Star Trek that's like the kid in Star Trek. What's his name? From Next Generation? I don't know. Like, Will Wheaton? Oh, Will Wheaton, yeah. Will Wheaton, yeah. yeah. He narrated Ready Player One. Yeah. Audible, and I fucking hated it. Oh, really? Um, like I liked the book. Because I like, like him a it lot. It took me like a good like three hours not to like cringe every time he spoke, which was like... Like the whole time. Because I I haven't listened to his I, I read the book, but I didn't listen to, you know, him narrating. But I always wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just have a thing with voices. Yeah. I'm like narrow I'm not neurotypical. So like I have like certain sounds and like frequencies that like kind of trigger my brain a little bit. So Yeah. Which I think that could explain my hatred for Pearl Jam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Again like, with this. No, it's like it's bothered me. Like, why yeah. do I hate this band so much? And I'm like, oh, it's just like literally like, yeah, it's just like a bad stem, you know? What are your thoughts on the Andy Circus narration of The Hobbit? He's the guy, okay, he's the guy that plays um, Gollum in the Lord nice. of the Rings movies. Yeah, and I think he's well, wonderful. Fun. But, um, and I don't know if it's out yet. Mm. Other than that, like just listen to the new Dresden Files book, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to a lot of like chill wave stuff. Like I can't think of a band off the top of my head, but yeah. just like just like soothing chill music because yeah, it's twenty twenty, life's stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mellow it out. What about you, Josh? Um, what have I been listening to? I was just listening to this Adrian Lenker album. She's a singer oh, yeah, for Big, Big Thief. Thief. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's got a nice mellow acoustic album. It's really good. She writes good songs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Big Thief's a favorite of mine. Yeah, they're, Recently, they're, they're super amazing. good too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me think of Vin Diesel, guys. Vin Diesel, <laughs> the actor, has like this like really catchy electronic song out. Oh. Huh. And I huh. thoroughly enjoy it. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm already like a stand for Vin Diesel. 
But I don't like, hate him. I know I love him. Like, I don't like I, the Fast and Furious movies, but he's a total nerd. I really, I, like his voice. I really respect him. Yeah, but his voice. I like he's the Witch like, Hunter movie. It's higher pitched than you would assume. His singing voice. Oh, I guess. Because well, I mean, he, he has such yeah. a deep voice when he's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chronicles was a pretty good Yeah, I would like to sing much lower than he can talk, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll play a clip for you guys like, after we're done. But yeah, it's it's enjoyable. I, I recommend checking Vin Diesel out <laughs> if you're into like electro pop type stuff. Sorry, nice. sorry what about you? you off. No, that's good. Um, <laughs> I have been watching The Haunting of Blind Manor because I like yes. The Haunting of Hill House like a lot. Me too. And I've got like two episodes left on Blind Manor. I don't even know that I'm going to finish it, actually. I probably will at some point, to. but like my interest in it just like waned and waned and waned as they like explained more. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it didn't left it with Hill House. So like I wasn't quite interested on the first episode. And then like by the end, like I watched like six episodes in a night, I swear, or something. Yeah. I liked Blind Manor a little bit more. Okay. I had to revisit Hell House to appreciate it more. I yeah. really like it. I really do. I the, like the cast, everything. The acting in Blind Manor is definitely way higher level and more consistent for yeah. sure. Whereas, yeah, Hill House, some of the actors didn't quite carry a whole episode. Yes. Yeah. I Damn completely it, agree with that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of wonder sometimes because there was one scene where I think the actor that plays Steven, who's also, I think it's Michael Huizman from I Game of Thrones. He was okay. Yeah, he was great in a lot of it, but there's one scene where they're at, spoiler alert, um, the sister Nellie's funeral, and I think he like totally blows the scene, like completely blows it. Maybe, yeah. But, but yeah, um, it could have been bad writing. Like the night before, like when, when the, like the one that's just like a, two or three tracking shots like that. Though? I think so. It's like yeah. he's walking up to look at his sister and then he's, he just starts yeah. acting very strange, but it's not convincing at all. Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, I didn't know how to do this scene, but you know, I, I couldn't do it. Can but. I almost be a little forgiving? Cause the director had like an idea for that episode that was only going to be like these super long tracking shots, like oh, throughout yeah. like in the set set was built so that that set was connected to the Hill House set so they could go through as the father walks backwards in time like they could walk from one set to the other down this one hallway yeah like you don't even notice it while you're watching it then we realize like oh this just went through like four rooms into four rooms in a different building yeah like it's all one shot like not composited at all so like I could forgive the acting in yeah. that episode because like the yeah how many shots can you do if every shot is like fifteen right. minutes long? <laughs> right, right. Or how many Take takes two. can you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I also thought it was really distracting that they had the completely unnecessary blue contacts on um, the actor that played Elliot in ET, but was the the younger version of the dad. Yeah, they put these like bright weird blue contacts on him, oh, and, and he yeah. has like bluish green eyes in real life. <laughs> yeah, and it was so he looked like the older actor, which I think was. I thought Timothy they were Hutton. trying to match him to Timothy Hutton, but it turns he has out like they these piercing the blue eyes. eyes. But yeah, he, he, it wouldn't have been <laughs> noticeable. But yeah, it, it's distracting in scenes because yeah. they're like <laughs> this weird blue, and then his pupils are too small because of it. But. I haven't seen it, but now I'm fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Blind Manor. Eyes, but yeah, he's wearing contacts. It looks weird. <laughs> but yeah, I was really satisfied with um, Blind Manor okay. completely. So I will, yeah, probably yeah. finish that this week. Huh? Good. Anything else that? I don't know. They've, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I don't know that I've had time for anything else lately. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, been watching, like, rewatching a ton of old horror movies, like, one, at least one a day, sometimes yes. more. Um, and also listening to a podcast called Dead and Gone, which I really enjoyed. It's about murders that happened after Grateful Dead concerts. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I know. Interesting. Yeah, the guy that's doing it is um, Payne Lindsay, who has a couple other investigative podcasts about um, murders or cold cases. And then a guy that I hadn't heard of, and I don't remember his name, but he also has, I guess, a music podcast. So it's, it's pretty good. That sounds interesting. Worth listening yeah, to. Cool. Yeah. I've been listening to a podcast called You're Wrong About, where like the two hosts, they have like their own areas of interest, but they will take something that was like in popular press, like in newspapers and everything, and just explain why the story that like everybody remembers was not quite the right like, story. Like they've done yeah. like they've done like uh, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Like they're doing a multi-part series on uh, Princess Di. Oh, that's uh, good. they've done like scientific stuff too, like uh, Coco the gorilla and like yeah. the other like chimpanzees and stuff that were supposed to have learned sign language and language. Um, that sounds that cool. was not the way to phrase that. I apologize. Sign language is the language. I didn't mean yeah. to like suggest it wasn't. Um, yeah, but like you're wrong about it. It's, it's really good. They do a lot of good research on that. I'll have to check that one out because I, I love podcasts and that sounds really interesting. And also probably good because I listen to a lot of like murder podcasts, so (laughs) (laughs) lighten things up a little bit. And I also I like um, like narrated scary stories, so listen to a couple of those. Sometimes I wonder how I haven't gotten kicked off this podcast yet because you don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to (laughs) podcasts. Like I obsessively listen to podcasts. Which is weird because like you listen to books on tape. I listen. Well, it's different though because I like. Podcasts typically talk about things that are like more factual or relevant to real life, and I like to escape into fantasy. You can find a right? podcast or about anything. I like slice of life, like comics, you know. Like, so yeah. it's like, I don't know. I just need unreality. I, I There's yeah, even is, one. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that, like, I read a lot of fiction, but like, I can't stand like listening to fiction. Like, it just for some yeah. reason, it bothers me to listen to something that's not true. I, I don't know what that like block what's is. What's wrong with but you? I get I get weird. Like I only give a shit about anything nonfiction if I'm specifically interested in it, and I have to like be fixated on it. Like I'll yeah. get hyper concentration on it. It's like all part of my ADHD or whatever. But like I don't know. Like right now I'm kind of like obsessing over string theory. Mm-hmm. But like I never even took physics. So like yeah. I'm reading all of this stuff about it and I'm like way into it yeah. and uh just like nerding out about it. But I'll be over it in like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and then I'll move on to something else. Quantum mechanics. But you can really find a podcast about anything that you like want to get into. No, but like I will not be paying attention to it is the problem. Oh, like, okay, like I can okay. pay attention to fantasy. I can't pay attention to somebody explaining something to me. I've listened to I weird like three to seven hour podcasts about like one subject. <laughs> There's this one like conspiracy guys or those conspiracy guys and they talk about like one about the Illuminati and I think it's seven hours and then, you know, one about like Irish folklore that was three and a half hours. That, and I respect, it's like I respect your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that I always retain a lot, but Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem too. I have a terrible memory. It's like I can learn all the things and then like within mm-hmm. five years it's gone. Oh, that happens to me too. <laughs> like usually after years, we like do the podcast, hours. I <laughs> forget a bunch of these you know, a lot of the details. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Because we even, like, what podcast did we talk about that earlier? <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like mention somebody. Facts. Facts go out of my brain. Fantasy novel plot lines, I can tell you, like, <laughs> a, basically, like, a general synopsis of every book or movie I've ever read or watched. Like, yeah. And I'm not, right. even, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, you can, like, remind me of a film that I saw when I was, like, six. Like, oh, shit. And then this happens. Like, why the fuck did you just spoil that? I'm like, 
random. I Meanwhile, mean, like I'm literally working on an essay about the Sandman, and I don't think I could explain it at all, like without <laughs> it sitting in front of me right now. That's yeah, fair. and I'm working on it actively. Yeah, <laughs> brains are cool. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that'll be the next hyperfixation. Yeah, brains. <laughs> all right. Well. uh Happy spooky season, everyone. I know. Spooky season. Coming to an end soon. <laughs> yep. Probably be this will over be... by the time this is out. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, I know. And then Thanksgiving, that will... Who knows what Thanksgiving <sighs> yeah. looks like this hope, year. Hope you're all still alive in the future, November. And yeah. 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 We're going to make it. I can feel it. Fingers yeah. crossed. We'll see. Hmm. It's going to be a weird holiday. Not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's like downsizing. It doesn't really sound that terrible to me. Though. No. <laughs> Ours was always pretty small, but I don't think I'm going to see my sisters again until probably after the first of the year. Word. So, for, at least for holidays. Yeah. All right. Well, stay safe, everyone. Wear yes. your mask. <laughs> so, we have Please. some new merch, some stickers, and some terrible pins that we regret um, <laughs> having made. We'll but, post a picture of them yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> you can tell us what you think. And if I might you, actually do that like right now. So then you'll be like, what is the context to this? And you'll be like, oh. If you know this post in two weeks. someone or a company that makes like decent pins. Enamel pins. Yes, please like, I can let make us buttons. know. I have a button maker with the punk rock pins. I can do that. And do you guys like pins or what kind of merch do you want? Because like I said, we have stickers, we have a bunch of stickers. And then, you know, this was just kind of to see what they would look like and I feel not like, satisfied. I feel like we should we might still sell them. But we will also keep in mind like how shitty that they look, and so they will not be expensive. I thought about like if anybody got a sticker or something, like throwing that in for yeah, free so for if advertisement. You buy a sticker, you might get a shitty button too. <laughs> Pin, <laughs> yeah. What a yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm. Soul. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be making that post like immediately. Yeah, because like they're so, they're so bad, they're almost good. <laughs> like. You just have like this thick plastic, and and it didn't say that it was going to be made out of plastic, so that was you know first error. But I should have read more. Basically, a sticker stuck to the back of like a cut out plastic thing that's about and it's jaggedly cut. It's not even clean cut. Too thick, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like foggy. Yeah, it's like you can't even really see it that well. There's supposed to be a clear coating on the top top that you can peel off, and I've tried for way too long and with different utensils to peel this top layer off, and I don't think that they're telling me the truth. I think they're playing a game on me. They're playing a joke on me, a game. Trifling. Yeah. (laughs) It is is comical, though, but also if you happen to get a shitty, shitty pin and you do manage to peel off the top layer... Let us know. You should really... Really help us out and let us know how yeah. you because <laughs> it is confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll put the picture of some of the stickers up online too, so it's not just the shitty pins. Yeah, and let us know what kind of merch you're interested in t shirts, um, scratching something, anything else that pin, you can think of that you might be interested in. I did it. Oh my god! Oh my god, Kendra's a magician. Is it any less cloudy? I can't tell from yes. here. Yes. Yes, Oh, my it gosh. Is. Let me but see. But, like, not enough to be to good, like? though. Yeah, That's still not still good. still not good. <laughs> yeah, it's just shiny now instead of You just got to scratch at it for a bit. But the, the sides are still cloudy because it's not cut well. Okay. But, yeah, I, I was using, like, pencils and even a razor blade. and I'm, like, literally just scratching at it with my nail, like, in the center off. of it, and it's coming off. So if you get a shitty pin... And we have not pre-removed the shitty plastic cover of it. 
Just scratch the center. Yeah. <laughs> you may also just never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't like a really gigantic difference. Mm-mm. Maybe just around the edges. I hope this is as fascinating to you guys as it is to us. <laughs> and on that note, have a great night. Yeah, good night. Right. Or day, or whatever you, time it is when you're listening to this. True. <laughs>